But if you got a Bible, turn with me in 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4, verse 8. We've been in this sermon series called Extraordinary Jesus. And we've been looking at the life of Jesus Christ. And his life really is extraordinary. We've been looking how the different characteristics of his life that he forgives. He, he shows mercy. And, and uh, this week's theme is really all about how extraordinary Jesus shows us how to love. Shows us how to love. Look at 1 John 4, 8. It says this, the one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. And really to order better understand truly what uh, love is, we need to go to the source of who created love. My first point for you today is Jesus is truly the source of love. Jesus is the source of love. Listen, in a world that is confused about who they are, who they love, what love looks like, we have people who don't know where they stand on anything, and they're trying to find love through all these different social media platforms, Facebook Instagram, Twitter, and I'm telling you that love is only found in the one who created it. He is the one who defines what love really is. And if you want to have clarity of who you are as a human, don't go to social media to try to figure out who they think you are. Go to the true source, the one who created love, the source of all love in the Bible, who puts you together and he calls you not a mistake, but that you are valuable. You got to go to the source of love. People are not your source for love. Your husband is not the source of your love. Your wife is not the source of your love. As much as you love your kids, they are not the source of your love. Only God can fill and give you every desire of your heart for love. Humans cannot satisfy every desire of your love. Humans will fail you. Family will let you down. But God's love never fails. It is the true source. We all have this deep longing inside of us to be truly loved, and you can only find that in the source, which is Jesus Christ. Number two, it says Jesus is the model of love. Jesus is the model of love. Jesus not just give us a model for love. He literally lived out what love looked like. Jesus revealed the reality of love. He is the love of God. It was God's love made known in Jesus Christ that awakens us and gives us the ability to love ourselves and love other people. His love will be the measure and the standard. He is the model. So what did Jesus' love really look like? He explained it in these words. I could think of no better verse, but John 15, 13, it says, Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for one's friends. Greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for one's friends. And Jesus really demonstrated that he laid down his life as a living sacrifice, an aroma offering, pleasing to God. He laid down his life, gave his life up for us on the cross because of love. He was the ultimate source of love. He is the model for love. John 3.16, one of the most famous Bible passages in all scripture, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son. It was for love that he gave his one and only Son. I was reading this week and I came across a quote that says, you can be more Christian than Christ himself, but if you are not committed to living a life of love, you've missed the whole message of the gospel. Think about that for a moment. You can be more Christian than Christ himself, but if you are not committed to living a life of love, you've missed the whole message of the gospel. 
And that really is the central theme of the gospel. It could be summed up in one word, love. It was for love that Christ went to the cross. It was love that he loved his enemies. He loved those who betrayed him. He loved the religious people. He loved the outcasts. He loved the prostitutes. He loved everybody. That is the central theme of the gospel. And I would say that love is even more important than faith because neither our faith or our works alone could get us into heaven. It was only by God's extreme love for us, for him dying on the cross so that we could experience his true love in our life. And I would say that the central task of all of us who call ourselves a Christian is to love. It's not about how many followers you have on social media. It's not by how many good works you do, but it's by the way you love people. And do you do it well? by the way you love people. So Jesus is the model of love, but he also teaches us about love. That's number three. Jesus teaches us about what love looks like. He teaches us what love looks like. And there are countless passages in the Bible that teach us about love. And uh, I could think of no better chapter than to go to 1 Corinthians 13. If you're new to the faith, that is considered the love chapter. All those verses are really dealing with how we are to love people, love God, love those around us, love our enemies, all this good stuff. So 1 Corinthians 13, and I believe what the world needs now more than ever is love. And Paul says this in verse 1. It says, if I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I become a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. What Paul's saying here is saying, hey, if you, I speak in tongues, but then I'm a jerk in the parking lot. If I'm singing worship music, elevation worship music in my minivan, but then I scream at my kids, It's just a noisy gong in God's ears. It means nothing. He goes on to verse two. He says, if I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge and I have all faith so as to remove mountains but do not have love, I am nothing. Let's just say that you are really good at the prophetic gift. Like you can sense what God is gonna do in the future. And I love listening to people who have this gift, who have this sense of where God is gonna take the church But if you don't have love, it means nothing to God. Then he goes on to say that if you have the heavy mysteries and knowledge, like if you're a really good teacher, like you're just good at like dropping heavy revelation teaching, like like how many enjoy that type of teaching, like teaching from the end times and revelation, Pastor Stan's gonna do that type of message. Like that's not me, I keep it simple. My dad's been a preacher for 30 plus years and uh, he would always tell me, keep the gospel simple. So many people make the, the gospel so complicated, but really it can be summed up in love. The gospel is love. But Paul is saying, if you have the gift of prophecy, if you're good at teaching revelation and end times, and you know all about Ezekiel and Daniel, but you don't have love, love, then it's nothing. It's just noise and symbols in God's ears. Then he goes on to verse three in 1 Corinthians 13. He says, if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, and if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. If I give everything I have to the poor, listen, sometimes it's a lot easier to love strangers than it is to love people in your own household. She got real quiet up in here. (laughs) Sometimes it's a lot easier to love complete strangers than people who are literally under your own home. Like if you're generous with your money to complete strangers, but you are not generous with your own family members, it means nothing. And then Paul gives on like, he goes on to say, man, if I give my body over to headship, like persecution and being a martyr. And back in the Roman Empire days, uh, Paul lived under the Roman government, a very godless, paganistic government. And uh, Paul saw many of his friends get burned at the stake. Many of his friends' bodies get be torn limb from limb, 
eaten by lions. He saw many of his friends get, get killed for preaching the gospel. And here in America, man, if we get made fun of on social media, we feel like we're being persecuted. If somebody's mean to us, if somebody takes our parking space, if somebody takes our seat in church, if somebody pulls right up in front of us, right? If our Wi-Fi is not working, we feel like we're getting persecuted. <laughs> man. But Paul's saying if you are a martyr for Christ, if you are dying to try to save people for Jesus, but if your motivation is not love, it means nothing. If you are all about the image, posting stuff on social media, hey, I'm doing all these good works, I love Jesus, all this stuff, but you don't have love for other people, it's just a noise to God's. It's a noise in God's ears. Then he goes on to verse four, he says, love is patient. He says, love is kind. Love is not jealous. Love does not brag and it's not arrogant. Love is patient. How many need to work on your patience? How many need to work on your patience? Come on. So I really need to work on my patience. Like there are moments where people just really, really push my buttons, all right? Like, man, Ohio State fans, they just push my buttons. And I try to love you all so much. Two years is not enough, right? Jeez. Man. Thank you. I'm telling you, I, I tend to have a lead foot when I drive. Um, I just don't like slow drivers, all right? Like, man, they annoy me, all right? And, uh, like, don't act like I'm the only person that doesn't like slow drivers. I've seen you drive, trying to get out of church fast, all right? But, man, like, I'm telling you, I got a speeding ticket last year, and it was bad. Like, the, like my boss had to call me in and be like, hey, I don't think you're able to drive the church vans. Like, that's how bad it is, all right? Like, I'm telling it was in a rental car where I got this speeding ticket. That's even worse, all right? But, uh, man, I, I just, I, I lose my patience sometimes when I'm driving, all right? And uh, um, they told me not to tell the story. I'm going to do it. But uh, listen, I, I was at a Mexican restaurant a few, uh, few weeks ago. I'm with my family, and we're eating dinner with my, my baby girl and my wife, and she's a toddler, and there's a guy in the booth next to us who kind of looks like her grandpa, and she's laughing and screaming really loud. The atmosphere is really loud already, all right? So it's not really a quiet, sit-down restaurant. And the waitress is escorting uh, two uh, people, two, an older couple, uh, down to their booth, ironically, the booth next to us. And this older lady comes right into my daughter's face and says, shh, quiet, stop it. I'm telling you, it took everything in me not to say, don't ever do that. <laughs> then I had to realize, man, I hope no one from CLC is that, that restaurant. I'm like, <laughs> I'm telling you, I got to practice what I'm preaching here, man. But love is, love is patient. But I think so oftentimes we just lose our cool with people, right? We lose our patience level with, with people. And Paul says that not only love is patient, but it's kind. Right? What good is it to have like an amazing worship service, an amazing message, and you walk out these doors and you're ready for lunch, like you're going to go to Olive Garden, City Barbecue, El Toro, Applebee's. You could tell I'm hungry. <laughs> what good is it if you go out to lunch and like the, the, the staff is taking way too long to cook your, cook your food, like 30 minutes are going by, your wife's hangry, you're hangry, the kids are going nuts, and it takes everything in you not to say, what's taking so long with the food, right? Love is patient. Love is kind. And we're supposed to show that. God says, if you don't have love, it's just a clanging symbol in God's ears. This whole thing is just to look good at church. You're missing the whole point. Christianity is about the love of God. Jesus told his disciples that 
they will know that they are his followers by the way they love others, by the way they love one another. Not by the way you preach to one another, not by the way you sing to one another, not by how many Bible verses you memorize, how many times you give in the offering or go to church, but by the way you love others. But how can I love others if I have not really truly experienced or felt that love? Or love myself for that matter. Right? You cannot give something that you don't have. My next point for you today is that you've got to believe that God loves you. You've got to believe that God loves you, that the creator of the universe loves you. Before you can even love others well, you've got to receive the love of God and believe it and feel it. Or you'll never be able to truly love others well. 1 John 4, 13 says, By this we know that we abide in him and he in us because he has given us his spirit. We have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. We have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. Catch this. God is love and the one who abides in love abides in God. And God abides in him. By this, love is perfected with us and so that we may have confidence in the day of judgment because he is, so also are we in this world. And I love verse 18. Here it is. Therefore, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear. Man, that's good. Perfect love casts out all fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. If you are afraid, if you're afraid of what people think of you, afraid of failure, afraid that God's not happy with you. And so oftentimes when you're afraid, you live in this constant state of stress and anxiety. And when you, you, you react to people, when people disappoint you, you react to people, overreact when people just let you down. When you don't have that perfect love in you, you're not going to be able to love others well. But the perfect love that drives out all fear, love. And when we know this type of love, look what verse 19 says. We're able to love because he first loved us. We love because he first loved us. And so John, this type of love that he's talking about, he's, he's talking about this agape love. That there's four different types of love that the Bible mentions in the Bible. The first one is eros love. Eros is like the romantic, flirtatious type of love. Like, oh, she's hot, he's handsome, like all that kind of stuff. Like the fantasy love, like that's a version, but that's not the real version of love. Like, and then when they get, he talks about the philo love. Like, that's the brotherly type of love. You get along with people. Like, I was giving my best friend Patrick a, a big hug before going on the stage, and I was like, I love you, bro. He was like, I love you, bro, back. And we had, like, this bromance thing that happened. <laughs> but God wants us to love our brothers and sisters in Christ. Like, some of you are single in this place, and I just want to be, like, the matchmaker for you guys. Like, come on, raise your hand if you want me to set you up on a date. Like, I can do that. Fourth row here, second row. No, you guys are way too young, Okay. Like, go in the back. Let's go that way, all right? <laughs> Shoot. Stay on track. All right, follow love. Yeah, the brotherly type of love, all right? That's what God has intended. He wants us to get married. He wants us to have brothers and sisters that we love, best friends. God wants all of that. And then he talks about the uh, story love. He talks about this story love, which is the love of parents for their kids. God wants parents to love their kids and 
He wants the kids to love their parents. And uh, I just believe that there are some of us in this room that have, are desiring to have a reconnection with their mom or dad. Maybe because of certain circumstances that have happened in the past. Abuse. Maybe your parents let you go, abandoned you, didn't support you. And uh, you're desiring for that reconnection. And maybe you're a parent, parents here and you've lost connection with your kids. Maybe they've gone astray and you're just praying that they would come back to know Jesus. Maybe you're here as a parent and you, you did some stuff and you're just desiring to have that reconnection. And I want to let you know that God sees you. God sees the pain that you're going through. And um, this is a healing place. Healing can happen. And I love our church because we offer classes that help with this. And we offer an amazing ministry called Celebrate Recovery that is literally committed to restoring hearts and establishing reconnection. I mean, that is good. Celebrate Recovery meets every Monday night. If you just need that, uh, every Monday night, regardless of the holiday, it helps reestablish connections and relationships. And I love my daughter, as you can tell, uh, but I love her. And uh, on Thursdays, it's like daddy-daughter day, all right? Like the whole day I get to spend with my daughter. Like, man, I don't know how you stay-at-home moms do that, all right? Like, thank God I'm young. <laughs> but man, I love it. And she's a girly girl. She, uh, she has all kinds of baby dolls and stuffed animals. And, and oftentimes I just love, love to see her imagination just run. She likes to, you know, feed her dolls and and pet her dogs, and we have this, like, house that she goes into and play house. And oftentimes on Thursdays, I would get on my hands and knees and, 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 and just play with her, and, and there'd be moments where she just looks at me, and I look at her, and then we just laugh and we smile. And I, I want that type of—I want, I want my daughter to know that I love her, and I want her to know um, that I love her and care for her, and I want uh, her to love me back. Like, I want that story love. And then Paul talks about this agape love. Like, this is the real love. Like, this is not defined by anyone or anything in this world. It's defined by God. It's the unconditional love. It's the kind of love that loves you on your worst day and loves you on your best day. It's the love that picks you up when you've been faithless. He's been faithful. It's agape love. It's radical love. It's forgiving love. It's the love that keeps no record of wrong. It's the love that loves you through your mess. Come on, how many are grateful for the agape love that God gives us? He loves you. It's unconditional love. And John says, when we believe this agape love, man, it changes the game. We're able to love others well. And then in verse 20, it says, if someone says, I love God. In other words, they boast at church, hey, I love God. They sing the worship songs. I love you, Lord. I love you, Lord. But then he says, and hates his brother, hates his boss, hates his neighbor, hates his wife, hates his kids. We're like, Josh, well, I never told them that to their face, but how many times have you rehearsed it in your mind? How many times have you grumbled about it, mumbled about it? Oh, I just hate this. I hate her. I hate him. And how many know, like, it's literally the people who are closest to you that oftentimes push your buttons the most? It's just hard to love. I'm telling you. Like, if we're really, really honest with ourselves, people just push your buttons. Like, Wives, how many times has your husband frustrated you? Husbands, how many times has your wife, you know, pushed you over the edge and we get so upset and then we come to church and say, Lord, I love you, I love you, and boast about the love, but God is saying if you 
are not loving the person right next to you, then it means nothing to him. You gotta love the person right next to you in your own household. You gotta love your ex. You gotta love the in-laws. You gotta love the ones that have hurt you. You gotta love the ones at work that annoy you, that have let you down, that have disappointed you. Don't say, I love you, Lord, but you can't love the person right next to you. Because the Bible says then he is a liar. For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen cannot love God whom he has not seen. And this commandment we have from him, that the one who loves God should love his brother also. I mean, this commandment is so blunt. Loving God includes loving people. You cannot just have one or the other. You can't just love God but not love people or love people but not love God. Loving God includes loving people who are different than you, who think differently than you, includes people who sit differently than you, includes people who are different skin color than you. Loving God includes loving other people. you got to have both. But how can you truly love somebody if you have not believed that you are loved? If you don't feel that you are loved by God, you cannot give the love of Jesus. Like, listen, I am a better lover. That came out wrong. Okay. I, some of you are like, where'd this sermon go? <laughs> I love people better <laughs> when I feel loved. When I know that I'm loved, listen, if I came to church every weekend, sang some worship songs for you guys, and if I was always suspicious about what people think of me, oh, that person's leaving early in the message, he might not like my message. Like, if I was suspicious about people like that all the time, that wouldn't be a true love. I wouldn't be experiencing the love of Christ because agape love loves me on my best day and my worst day. When I've made mistakes, when I'm doing my best thing, he loves me. That's the agape love. And when I feel that I'm loved by the creator of the universe and I know it and I believe it, I'm able to give that love, other, give that love back to others. A world is in need of love. The cure, I believe, to most of the problems in this world, in most of the homes, the addictive dads, the addictive moms, the abusive homes, the suicidal kids, the cure is when humans truly believe that they are loved by God. And when we treat others with that same kind of love, we forgive each other. We let things go. Love is patient. Love is kind. My last point for you this weekend is this. Receive God's love. You got to receive God's love. God's love always wins. We know the end of the story. But what does God's love look like and how does it flow through me and how do I receive God's love? Really, the question that you need to ask is, who do you see yourself in the eyes of God? So many people believe that God loves you on, only on certain days when you have it all together, right? If I read my Bible enough, tithed enough, when I've gone to church enough, when I've served enough, but he doesn't love me on other days. And you have a misconception of what the love of God is if you believe that. The agape love is unconditional love. He loves you no matter what you've done. He loves you. You know, I remember that old song uh, that we used to sing in Sunday school for those of us who've been believers a long time. Remember that song? Yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me yes Jesus 
Come on, sing it. Believe that. The Bible tells me so. Man, that's powerful. He loves you. He loves you. Romans 5, 8, while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. While we were still in our mess, while we were still making mistakes, he pierced through the night, gave his body up on the cross for us so that we could experience his love, the agape love. And when we truly believe that and receive that, we're able to live out that 1 Corinthians 13 type of love. We might, we, we won't be perfect at, at it, but God is. He sees our heart. We're able to try and live out that 1 Corinthians 13 type of love. Love is patient. Love is t- kind. Go out with today with kindness. Love does not envy. Who are you envious of? Who are you coveting? So oftentimes we wish we had what they had. Well, they don't deserve what they have. I wish I could have kids. I wish I was married. I wish I had a house. I wish I was debt free. I wish I had that. And they don't even deserve that. And God says, listen, you say that you love me, but you're envious of your friends. Real love can celebrate other people's wins and victories. Real love does not live with jealousy. Real love is humble. Real love doesn't have room for entitlement. This is all from 1 Corinthians 13. Real love doesn't dishonor others. Love is not self-seeking. That means like, what's in it for me, right? What am I getting out of this? Love has no strings attached. Love is not easily angered. Man, if you got an anger issue, man, I'm telling you, get a longer fuse. Don't blow up every time your kid misses it. Or when someone does something wrong to you or hurts you, don't get easily angered. God doesn't do that. Man, aren't you thankful that God is patient with us in the process? Oh, he's patient with us. We're still trying to work our stuff out. He just loves us. He doesn't abandon us. We're learning. He loves us. Love does not rejoice in evil. Love doesn't rejoice when someone messes up. Love protects. Can you be a safe place? Love never fails. It endures throughout time. My family, my parents have been in ministry for 35 plus years. People said some things to them and done some things to them and I just remember growing up as a kid that uh, um, they'd always say man the love of Jesus Josh it endures through all time and never fails I see them persevere through difficult times love perseveres that last verse in 1 Corinthians 13 it says but now faith hope and love remain but the greatest but the greatest of these is love The love of God is going to change people's lives. Love grows the church. Love grows you. Love grows relationships. Love builds intimacy. But it starts on the inside of us. Until we truly feel that we are loved by God, we cannot give that love to other people. We have to experience it. We got to receive it. We got to believe it. And listen, you might be here today and you're having a really hard time believing that God loves you. You're saying, well, how can God love a messed up sinner like me? And I came just moments before coming to church. I just was losing my patience, losing my cool with my kids in the van. I was just, just, just a struggle just to get here. I sinned. I messed up. I thought some things this week. And God's saying, man, I, I, he's saying, I love you. 
He has a long list of things that he loves about you, and that list is right here found in God's word. He says that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are not defined by your mistakes, that you are valuable. Listen, God knows every prayer that you have prayed. He knows every tear that you have cried. He knows every, every feeling. Every time you come to church on the weekend, he knows what you're thinking or feeling. He knows what you want to change about yourself. He knows what you want to do differently. He knows your thoughts. He knows your heart. He says, man, I love you. I'm going to ask everyone to stand all across this place. And we had some powerful times at the altar uh, today. And um, last night, healing was happening here at the altars. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come forward. Um, and so we're just going to, this is how we're going to end the service. This is a, ask the team to sing this song, How He Loves Us. And I would encourage you today to really believe and receive that, that love from Christ. So with every uh, eye closed in this place, this is just a moment between you and God. I want to ask this question. If you're saying, Josh, I I'm a believer in Jesus, but man, the things that you were saying, I'm struggling with. I'm struggling to be patient with other people. I'm struggling to be kind to one another. I, I, I'm struggling. I have an anger issue. I, I, I need to get a longer fuse. I'm, I'm always mad at my kids. I'm always frustrated at work. I got this annoying coworker. I just can't beat it. Like, and you're saying, man, I, I need to forgive some people. Some of you are just here today and you're like, man, I, my dad did something to me. And I just can't forgive him. I'm not going to do it. I cannot love him. I cannot love him. I cannot love him. But God is saying, God saying, love holds no records of wrong. Some of you have a, a long list of things that people have done to you, have sinned against you, and you're holding that against them and you cannot let it go. That is not the agape love that we talk about here in church. Some of you are having a really hard time loving the people in your own household. And you're struggling with that. And if you're saying, Josh, that's me, I really need to work on my love for other people, would you just slip your hand all across this place? Just lift your hand. And say, Josh, that's me, I need to work on my forgiveness. I need to be more kind to people. I need to be more loving to people. I need to be more generous with people. I'm just not showing that type of love. I'm gonna ask you if you would step out of your seats and come on down to the front. Come on, wherever you're at, just there is space. Healing can happen here today. You can begin to experience the agape love. Come on, if you're uh, fearful, listen, perfect love casts out all fear. Some of you are fearful about the future. Some of you have never experienced that agape love. Some of you have been felt abandoned by someone in your life. God never fails. He never leaves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you today. So step out of your seats everywhere you, wherever you're at and come to the altar. This is a space where we can have healing. There's prayer partners here that want to pray with you, but we're going to sing this song called How He Loves Us. He loves us. And I want you to sing that over your family, sing that over your circumstance, sing that over your situation. Come on, let's begin to sing that. If that's you today, you're saying, man, I need to get, I need to get right with God. Maybe you've gotten cold. Your heart's gotten cold to the things of this, of this life and to the things of God. I just want to ask you to come to the front and receive healing. Come on, let's sing that song today. Yes, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves Come on, he truly does. He loves us. Oh, how Believe that. He loves Receive that today. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Yes, he 
hurricane I am a tree Bending beneath The weight of his wind And mercy When all of a sudden I am unaware Of these afflictions Eclipsed by glory And I realize Just how beautiful You are and how great Your affections are For me
voices. Let's sing it directly to him. Sing, how you love us, how you love us. Oh, how you love, you love us. Oh, how you love us. Oh, how you love us. his love on us, how you love us. Oh, how you that today so God we thank you we thank you God receive your love today receive your love today thank you God God we thank you that your presence is here your spirit is touching lives healing has happened here Lord, we're praying for restoration to happen in families. Lost kids would come back to the love of Christ. We're praying that father-son relationships yeah. would be restored today. That's right. Healing begins to happen here. Lord, help us to live out that love toward others, that patience, the kindness. Let it overflow in our everyday life. Help us to love our enemies. Pray for those who have hurt us. Help us to love people that are so far from you, God. Help us as the church to rise up and show that love. God, we thank you for the work that you have done here today. I pray that it wouldn't go in vain. Lord, by that today, for those that have experienced your love, the agape love, that they would show that love toward others in every aspect. God, we thank you. We thank you and we love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Isn't that good? He loves you today.